Hey there, New Year baby. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Who wants to pretend like anything makes sense these days? I mean, with Jupiter and Pisces, nothing's going to make sense. Or it's all going to make sense. Or it's already made sense. Or... That's Jupiter and Pisces, just silence. (laughs) You know what? That is... That Mm -hmm. is just getting lost in the void. Just being present to the silence of experience. Oh, presence to the silence of experience. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Who are you? I'm Brandon Alter. I am a queeler, which is a a spiritual healer who is queer, which I want to talk about in a a minute. Uh, I'm an astrologer and a tarot reader and a teacher of both of these modalities. And I'm also a writer and a performer and an all around great guy. You are. Who are you? I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer, a producer, a, uh, queeler, mm-hmm. an astrologer, mm-hmm. a teacher mm. and a sex machine. Oh, honey. Let's keep this PG for the kids. <laughs> or maybe not. The kids have to learn. Yes. Your daddies are in love and they have sex. And we're moving into the Taurus Scorpio polarity later this month. So hold on to your hats and know there will not be an OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are back. It's our first show of the year. I just want to share a quick story. My grandmother and I started a conversation about the word queer. Mm-hmm. And she was like, why would you use that word? That's a terrible word. And I was like, I think it's a great word, and I'm reclaiming it. And I realized it was definitely a generational divide around the word queer. Because I think when my grandmother was growing up, the word queer was used in a very derogatory fashion, and it was really a slur. Well, and it still is by uh, some. Yes, totally. Sorry. And for me, queer, even though, yeah, like I was called queer sometimes, I just it's just always been a word that really... I don't know, it has a magic to it. And I I don't feel any kind of way about it. But I realized that we never really even talked about it, that, you know, the word queer can trigger people. Yeah. So I hope we haven't been triggering you this whole time. Well, we've. I feel like we've gotten a couple messages here and there through social media of people asking, like, yeah. oh, what is this usage of the word queer? And I even remember we did like a special small group session with some people, a little community of people. And even just the word weird. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Where I talked about like being, being weird. weird. Being a weirdo. Yeah. And someone kind of challenging me, on, challenging me on that and saying, you know, well, that is like a really can be used really in a, in a derogatory fashion. And I don't know if you, you're not weird and you shouldn't really think of yourself that way. And I was like, well, I think it just comes down to like usage and connotation, right? Like intention. Well, and that's what I got to with my grandma is I said, at the end of the day, the intention behind the language is what resonates. So two people can call me queer, but if one person is you know, intending to hurt me, and they use that word, and one person is intending to celebrate me, that's what you receive. Because language transmits feeling. And it's really the feeling that you're trying to communicate that I will either take offense to or take to heart. 
Yeah. You know, on some level, it feels like it's like taking the energy out of it, right? Like taking it back. Yeah. I exactly. think it's a great word. And I like what it means, mm-hmm. which is left of center, right? When you are queering something, you are taking it out of the mainstream. You are looking at it from another point of view. You are giving it a uniqueness and authenticity. Just like the word weird, you know, you are engaging with the supernatural. You are going about things in ways that subvert expectation. Right. So but I'm it a is still... weird queer. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but it is still weird, right? Like adjusting to it in some ways. Like I even found for myself, I was on like a uh, my other work life world call and somebody used it, like some a very like cis white het Hetero, person yeah. was like, well, how does that affect like you and the rest of the queer community? And I was like, oh, like it actually like pause. It like I hit pause for a moment, just like hearing it come out of that person's mouth. It was like, oh, and I was like, all right, well, I had already used it in that meeting. So maybe they were taking your cues. Yeah. They were like taking my invitation, but it was still like a little weird. I was like, oh, wait, like. I don't know how how I like yeah. hearing it come out of your mouth, but at the same time, like um, the intention behind it was not anything nasty. So it's just like it's interesting, but yeah. you know, I think um, everyone's allowed to like evolve with language in ways that they see see fit for themselves. As far as using toward themselves and toward people they love, obviously, like yeah, and you're also allowed to reject the language that doesn't vibe with you. Right. No matter yeah. what we say. Yeah. And if it feels like something that's been used against you, then, and it still has a hurtful connotation, but hopefully you can see how it can be helpful too in yeah. like a reclamation around some of those past negative feelings. And that's all we'll say about that. So we have, I mean, it's our first show of the year. Happy 2022. Happy 2022, y'all. We love you. um, Thanks for coming back. Yes. Thank you for coming back time and time again, those of you. And to those of you who are new. Welcome. Welcome to this post-queer conversation. We're about to guide you through around the astrology of 2022. Yes, with Fabulous queer astrologer, Jeff Hinshaw. Yes. Yeah, we had a really amazing just deep dive into all things cosmic um, in the year 2022 or this year. Yeah. And it's kind of a longer, broader, deeper giving conversation. It all giving it all. We're not going to edit ourselves this year. I mean, we're, we're done. we did some editing, but we're not going to edit it down. You're getting everything. You're getting it all. And now we said it. And just like that. It became a two-hour podcast. <laughs> just like that. So um, we do want to get to that. So we're just going to do a little mild check-in amongst ourselves. And then we're just going to just, it's going to be a cosmic update slash deep dive. So we're just going to like dive right into it right yeah. away. But before we do, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how are you feeling? What are you feeling going into? We're actually recording this on the first Sunday? No, what's well, technically the second Sunday of the new year? But, you know, tomorrow's a Monday. Back at it. Mm. How are you feeling? Not sure I'm going to take that bait. <laughs> <laughs> I am still recuperating. I am still healing. I am still 
trying to embrace winter in all of her gifts. Mm. So as I think I've said on the show, or at least in spiritual gay circles, I'm not really engaging in 2022 with all of myself until February 4th. You're not engaging. I'm disengaging. It's disengaging. Because we're still in the Venus retrograde, and that's going to take us until March. But you've got Mercury retrograde coming up soon, and I'm just still tired. I'm still beat up. I'm still bruised. My nervous system is still all out of whack. This past year, these past two years, it's been a lot. So I am going to be as queer and weird and countercultural as I possibly can be. And just try to like move slow and take naps and take baths. I'm seeing some clients, but that's about it. And when I start to get like a little anxious and I'm like, maybe I need to like, I'm like, no, no, no. You don't need to like do anything except read another chapter of your book and pet noche, go for a walk and just like still yourself. So that's, that's where I'm at. And I encourage everyone to, to take that invitation. And if you need someone to give you permission, then I have just done it. You can start 2022 next month. For right now, be in an in-between space. So I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can to not stress out, to not give in to capitalism and consumerism and productivity sickness and just slow it down because I still need it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, obviously you're, you know, you're going to be engaging in work, but I think it's like, and I think most people need to engage in work, but I think there's like a difference in engaging with it from a place of like, go, 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 get it done. And a place of balance, knowing that it's like a necessity, um, just given the structure you've put in place in your life. Um, but while... Yeah, I'm just like not trying to like generate a bunch of stuff right now. Right. You know, like we want to plan our retreat. We want to plan some classes, but it can all wait until February 4th. Yeah. Because anything worth doing is worth doing from a place of fullness, not from a place of exhaustion, desperation, or stress. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put that out into the world. And so I'm going to wait until that's not coursing through my electrical circuitry. Yeah. What about you, boo? Well, I have hit the ground running. I know you have. I Look am at you. amazing. I'm thriving. Yeah. I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine. What? What magazine? Month. Delusional Daily? Yeah. Amazing. It's oh, my a, goddess. It's called, it's a little thing called Time. Time? Are you going to be the human of the year? I am the human of the decade. Oh, They're my. just calling it now. Goddess. Just a couple years in, they're like, it's you. I actually want to nominate you. <laughs> <laughs> it was me who did it. You can thank me later. You're so sweet. Well, I hope you gave good quotes I, in the article. I gave amazing quotes. Well, I can't wait to read it. I mean, I made them all me. up, but they're amazing. <laughs> Ariana sent me hers. So I already saw. She texted me what she wrote. She's so funny. Ariana Huffington? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Uh, I'm... I'm fine, honestly. I I feel um, you know pretty refreshed going into the new year, um, and I just even hate hearing that come out of my mouth. <laughs> like in the new year, you know, it's January, guys. 
but yeah, no, I am feeling refreshed. I'm definitely um, vibing with with how with how you're speaking about just like going into things this year um, with a sense of balance, with a sense of groundedness, and with a sense of um, you know really trying to pay attention to my needs and how I'm feeling and structuring my days and my routines in ways that are helpful, but not like gonna kill me right off the bat like i'm not like diving into a new fitness routine you know or like what have you like i'm just gonna kind of like see what is working and what's not working um and try to do my best to rest while still you know like i have to you know jump into a 9 a.m conference call tomorrow morning you know so i'm just kind of like also like okay i have to like get back into the flow of things but i don't have to do them anymore with this like really strong sense of um challenge or grief i recognized that i was like associating everything with like challenge and like you know like just like it's so hard um oh i have to do this thing it's so much oh i have to do this it's so hard or i'm so tired you know it was like everything was coming with this like sense of drain already attached to it and I'm now trying to like not associate anything like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I have to have a call in the morning. So I'll get up and have my call, you know, and then move on from there. And I see what's on my calendar and I will approach those things. And I know the few things I want to also accomplish. Um, and yeah, just trying to like move into this time uh, in my life, I think from that place. From a place of grace. From a place of grace. Thank you for that. A grace place. I think that's actually what they're putting on the cover. Oh, a place of grace? Yeah. Angel Lopez? Angel Lopez. Human a of the place, decade? A place, place of, of grace. grace. When does this go on sale? I think February 4th. Oh my God, guys. This is amazing. February 4th. We're doing What did you say? Delusional monthly? Delusional daily. Delusional It's daily. a magazine that comes out every How day. How dare you put me on a daily <laughs> magazine? That is so rude. My shit's lasting the whole month. Yeah, it's actually not daily. They're just delusional. It only comes out once a week. <laughs> It's an inside joke. <laughs> it's delusional because it doesn't ever come out. Daily. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, we have uh, a resolution, even though we're not huge resolution people, but we, we, have, a, we have a spiritual gaze resolution. What is it? More Again, remind queer me. joy. More queer joy, people. More queer joy. This that is, is it our, right here. We're that living is the it. central organizing principle of 2022 for the spiritual gaze. Yes. More queer joy. That's so, it. Easy as that. That is just in our own lives. Hopefully in your lives. On this podcast, we want to offer more just like representations of queer joy, people who are living in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you're not of the LGBTQ plus community. You can still be queer. Well. Can you? you? I mean, you can like have an element of queerness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we should be inviting everyone to say they're a member of the queer community you can be an ally to the queer community but you also may be finding yourself rec- realizing that you are a member of the queer community mm-hmm. and if you are well then we hope that you have more joy coming into your life through that recognition and if you're not at all queer whatsoever but um, just love queers but just love them 
Just love us. Maybe Even if we're us. the only queers you talk to, you can't steal the rest. <laughs> <laughs> then you should look at that. You should, you should just take a moment. But nonetheless, <laughs> we're glad you're here. We are glad you're here. And we're happy to be your gay dads or brothers or friends, neighbors, country persons. Icons. Legends. Sex symbols. Yes. We're so happy to be your gay sex symbols. <laughs> we're really, we're grateful. We're grateful that you have chosen to put us on that that pedestal, that platform. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, we could be fools forever, and we will be <laughs> More fools joy. forever. More queer joy. Uh, but it is a really delicious, scrumptious dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so I think without further ado, here is this episode's Cosmic Update. Cosmic Update. Beautiful gazers, we are so excited to be here in the spirit room, our first spirit talk of 2022, and we've got Jeff Hinshaw of Cosmic Cousins. This is an extraordinary podcast that I think some of you know, because that's how you found us in the first place. But if you don't know Cosmic Cousins, you need to be listening to that magic. And Jeff is an astrologer, a tarot reader, a practitioner, a poet, an author, a teacher, a double Aquarius, which is why I love him so, uh, and uses the pronouns he, him, they, them. Jeff, double Aquarius wizard, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with both of you. And we just wanted to spend this time together because you've been on the show before. I actually think you're our very first repeat guest. You are. So congratulations. Yeah. Cool. You're our first double timer. Yeah. I think you were one of our very first guests ever back in the day. Wow. Yeah. And we were in person back then too. We were back when that was just such an easy thing. We didn't have to think twice about it. But it's nice that um, we've like been able to like find an ease with having conversations with people who are in various parts of the world through all of this. Yeah, we're still connected. It feel, it's such an Aquarian time. Yeah, mm-hmm. or something when you said double, um, like this is like I'm the first person to come on twice. I'm just looking at the year that we're in, and you know, this repeating number two is just looking us in the face. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 curious about repetition for us this year maybe like learning things more than once or um, the repeating number two has been really special in my life as a spirit number. It's been a a guiding number throughout the last 10 or so years. Um, And I wouldn't be sitting here today without the repeating number two, really. So I like that perspective because I'm sure you've seen the memes where everyone's like 2022 sounds like 2020 comma two right like 2020 the sequel and everyone's like really upset about that but to hear you say it i'm like no it's take two like we get to do it again better with more information with more skills with more resources with hopefully like more compassion i uh i did my year ahead spread for 2022 and the weirdest thing happened with it in three positions of the wheel the exact same cards as my spread for last year January, February, and June, Uh the same cards, same positions, even February reversed both years. And I said to Angel, I was like, what the fuck? Did I not learn the lesson the first time? And Spirit's (laughs) like, clearly you did not, boo-boo. So here it is again. 
It's take two. Yeah, <laughs> I just got the chills when you said that, which is always for me an indicator of such confirmation. Yeah, and and what you're sharing. So, um, yeah, I've been. You know, we talk about this as a lovers' year in the tarot community. You know, as the digits add up to six, but I also like the vibration of what we're saying. Twenty twenty two. I'm thinking of it also as double judgment, two judgment cards, and then the high priestess. Mm. Um, Cause I was always thinking during 2020, I was like, this is a double judgment year to be sure. Um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of that high priestess energy coming in too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even I'm thinking, feeling that in what you're sharing. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, even in thinking now back on 2020, I'm like, Oh, it was also kind of like high priestess, the fool. High priestess, yes. the fool. <laughs> there's also that. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many different ways we can look at it. Yeah, I love it. But that. I think going into the Pluto return for the United States, which Pluto is the judgment card, we're in it. You know, we're in this kind of judgment energy. And this is really the judgment century, if we think of it, you know, as 20 is at the beginning of each year. Yeah. So true. All right. Well, should we start there then? Should we talk a little Pluto return since we're already in the judgment vibe? Yeah, let's go into the darkness and then we'll come out into the that light. That sounds good. Let's like <laughs> eat our vegetables first and then we'll have dessert. How are you feeling with the U.S. Pluto return? And I, I know that you've shared it on the show before because I just listened to your uh, most recent podcast episode where you did the the year ahead, the tarot spread, which I was kind of struck by the the Six of Swords, you know, being the center. That, I mean, that really resonated with me. But there's something with that card, too, that connects us to judgment because it's you know, the child. Yeah. And then the two adults. Yeah. Which is present on both the judgment card and the six of swords. Um, so I, for me, there's a Pluto return for a nation. I mean, it's in the same way Saturn return is a moment of, you know, growing up. It's our first Pluto return as a nation. And it feels like this growing up and there's an opportunity for us to really look at the grief of the innocence that's being shed mm. and, I feel that with the six of swords too, being the center of, of the, of the wheel of the year that you pulled and channeled. Yeah. I mean, thinking about things in a new way has definitely been a, something all of us have been besieged by over these last two years, like our comfortable assumptions are being annihilated left and right. Uh-huh. And it's, really hard, but I appreciate your saying grief because I think we're allowed to have grief for our own innocence, like that we didn't know better, where we were complicit, where we were perpetuating systems that we weren't even benefiting from. And now we all are being forced to have that personal judgment as well. Because a country is just a bunch of people that come together and agree to things. Right. So, it does feel like it's a personal judgment for all of us as well. Like, what are we going to agree to? What are we going to stand up for? Yeah. Um, so it's, there's that bit of, you know, it's in our own personal lives. There likely could be grief coming up, even if it's not even tied to what's going on collectively, but just moving through the threshold of a Pluto return. You know, a lot of us will just be facing, you know, these parts of ourselves that are ready to shed and to die as we're all going through a transformation. And so it really just feels like, you know, the importance of giving ourselves space. I know a lot of us are excited to, you know, strike the match of a new year and, you know, just 
I'm sure there's lots of ideas about what this year might mean to us, but making sure that we have that space to just be with the process. And, um, yeah. you know, I was recently listening to a podcast that I can't remember which one it was right now, but it was talking about navigating grief as, um, like riding in a boat down a river. And it made me think of the six of swords again, that like image of the boat and what is on the other side, you know, where are we heading towards? And I think that's a little bit of an unknown with Jupiter and Pisces. I was just about to say, yeah, there's so much water. We're like, if we're talking river imagery, like we're about to be real wet for at least these first five months or so. Yeah. So... Yeah, anyone who knows me knows I don't really love a toilet reference, but <laughs> it also just feels like with this Pluto return, there is like, like I kind of just want to take a plunger to everything, you know? Mm. Like it feels mm-hmm. on some level like you got to get the unstuck <laughs> shit out of the I mean, way. And South Node coming into Scorpio yes. will help with that too. I feel like there's a lot mm-hmm. that's going to be released. Exactly. Yeah. And it does feel like you have to like kind of stir it up a little bit even more to get an understanding of like, all right, what have we really been working with? And it does feel like just with the Pluto return, the Taurus Scorpio element that I'm sure we'll talk more about as well, but you get really in touch with like, all right, what have I been valuing? You know, what have we as a country been valuing and what do we need to release in order to actually move towards, you know, a greater collective value system? So I just wanted to zoom out a little bit just in case we have any listeners that aren't familiar with Pluto return, although I know it's been talked about a lot. But I think yeah. I want to talk about it in the context of the fact that, you know, Pluto return is when Pluto returns to the place where it was when the United States was formed, essentially. And the founding fathers did not know that Pluto was a planet when this happened, even though they knew about all the other planets and they knew about astrology. And Pluto's so good at dredging up what's hidden, including, in this case, themselves, right? Pluto, the planet, was hidden from the Founding Fathers. So I think it's just interesting that anything that was hiding in their hearts, anything that was hiding in the foundation of the country is now being seen. And that's what Mm. we're really reckoning with even just like Mm. i i cringed at even saying the term founding fathers because that is unfortunately the truth but i'm like that's some bullshit right or like all men are created equal but there were a lot of caveats there and so i think those are um, maybe some of the themes that are that are being dredged up and it is a take two like you were saying right because we're gonna give birth to this country again now or bury it deep right in the earth yeah yeah, it's, I mean, hearing you say a reckoning, I mean, that's such a, a key word for the Pluto return. And I think for those of us that are here on this planet at this time, and particularly those living in the United States, it feels like an initiation of sorts. Because Pluto is that planet of initiation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just being gentle with ourselves of as we do that. And, you know, the cringing at the founding fathers, too. I mean, it's Capricorn, which is you know, connected to father and patriarchy and authority and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And we know too, right. That in Capricorn, like at its foundation, there is a real strong spiritual nature there. And it does feel like with Pluto, we have to dig deep back into the spiritual component 
of what this was all about. What, what, what was, mm-hmm. you know, I always talk about like this Pluto return really being like a return to the soul of what this was all supposed to be mm-hmm. about and for. And I feel like we've lost track of the soulful nature yeah. of how to live as a yeah. unified being. Yeah, I mean, I'm always coming back to certain Capricorns that I look up to, you know, and the ones that come to mind have this ability to really show up in in their truth, really embodied, and have a really strong vision for the collective and do it in a very practical way, in a hardworking way. And, you know, it's interesting, I hadn't considered that Pluto wasn't discovered at the time of, you know, the founding of the United States. So I thought that was a cool point, Brandon. Um, And the person that came, Abraham Lincoln has Capricorn moon at the exact degree as the United States Pluto, which I thought was really interesting when I learned that. Um, Mm. Because I guess he wouldn't have even known about his own Pluto. Um, And I think of like Rosa Parks had a Capricorn moon think of Martin Luther King Jr. as a Capricorn son, you know, there's some really powerful civil rights activists with Capricorn energy, Michelle Obama as queen of Capricorn. So it's just like, I, I do think a lot of what we've experienced since the pandemic, which Saturn and Pluto aligned in the sky in January of 2020 has all been tied into this Pluto return. And, you know, like the Black Lives Matter movement and that collective building of that momentum this is i mean we've been in it so it's like this is just us crossing like the the exact point but it it's been here so we're familiar with it so if you're feeling scared hearing about the pluto return especially since this is how we're starting the conversation um this is actually us crossing that threshold where we're beginning to start to wrap up the pluto return in the next few years but it's like a five-year time period if we're really looking at you know, the orb that Pluto is within a conjunction. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like the point of no return. Yeah. Which is also, I feel like, very Plutonian in terms of initiation. Like once you've been initiated, you can't go back in terms of just permanent transformations. But going back to judgment for a moment, there was something I learned about the imagery of the judgment card or just like one potential interpretation of it which I think is really useful here. You know, they're all like coming out of their coffins in that card and it feels very like last judgment, resurrection-y. It's like laden with very like Christian imagery, which I always kind of ruffle at. But there's this sense that like we're moving beyond the box. We're moving beyond like the three dimensions into four dimensions. There's some sort of transcendence that's available. And with judgment, whenever I see it in a reading, I think of like, just like when Dorothy comes back to Kansas after being in Oz, like she's had this amazing experience and she comes back and she's totally changed. And so it's like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now that you're different? And I think we've all had this experience. I mean, I wouldn't call the pandemic Oz, but it's had a similar vibe in the sense that we've been taken somewhere else and we're totally different now. And it's like, so we we have to figure out what we're going to do with that transformation. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's powerful to consider. And it's making me think of, you know, especially as a queer person, you know, using the tarot sometimes with the Christian uh, symbolism, it can be a little triggering and confronting. And, you know, I think that that's also part of the Pluto return is us looking at, you know, 
our religious trauma that we've experienced and, you know, these certain things, what does it mean as a queer person to move through a Pluto return? And so I, one of the tarot decks that I really like right now is uh, the fifth spirit tarot, uh, which is, is a Portland based tarot deck and it's created for a world beyond binary. So it, um, everyone in the deck is non-binary uh, and the depiction of the judgment card there I'll, I'll show it to you. I know the listeners won't be able to see it, but it shows a figure that's, you know, holding a trumpet up in the air. And then there's all these other people looking up towards them. And you, in the background, you'll see all these sort of like liberated souls, like silhouettes of souls going up. And so it's also, you know, you know, when we use the words reckoning and initiation, it is like a, a calling card, you know, waking up to our collective purpose of what it is that we all came here to do. Uh, so it is definitely a, an awake, a year of awakenings, you know, Pluto return too. Yeah. That's what Rachel Pollock calls the judgment card. I think in her shining tribe tarot uh, is she calls it awakening. awakening. That's awesome. And right there, she's a trans um, author and teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Do you give a lot of, uh, credence to like the exact hits of it like i know we're going to get three exact hits this year in february i think june and then december maybe yeah i have the dates that you sent me which was i was telling you that it was really cool but you know i actually had the first one as and it's right around you guys have uh february 20th but it's like the number twos i had february 22nd so like the repeating number two interesting two, 22 22 yeah is part one and then you have part two is seven eleven more kind of like interesting numerology but you know that's like right around the united states quote-unquote birthday and then the final one is right at the end of the year december 28th so those are the three hits that you had and you know i think as an astrologer it's you know nice for us to just be lovingly curious about those dates and just you know see what arises during those time and you know and to give it like a practical um you know, symbol for what this time period has been. You know, I'm, I was born in Richmond, Virginia, and all of the Confederate statues have been taken down over the last year. And that is a symbol of, you know, Pluto and Capricorn and a Pluto return for a nation is the actual like figureheads getting taken down. And we don't know what they're going to be replaced with yet, but they will be replaced with something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, finding, you know, there's all these kind of symbols around us of, how we might have experienced this in our own life. But I think that's a pretty tangible one. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that because it is really easy to forget that there is some visible progress that exists. And I hadn't really thought about that. And especially growing up in Virginia, I'm sure like to go home and then realize like, oh, this isn't here anymore. That definitely changes just like the tenor of, I'm sure like public places that are no longer like in the shadow of a fucking Confederate soldier. Yeah, it's a completely different texture when I went home. And it brought up tears, you know, like it's like, even though it's like progress, it's still, there was still like grief around it of just like, why were these even up in the first place? And why did it take so long? And, you know, so just being with whatever emotion it brings up. A cool astrology fact, though, is in the base of one of the statues, there was, a, they found a time capsule. And in that time capsule was an ephemeris. Uh, yes. Yeah. And you know, around the founding of the country, and Anne Ortley talks a lot about this, that 
like a lot of DC was like constructed around the Virgo archetype, or there's a lot of astrology yeah. like baked in to the United States that has kind of been lost. And so Pluto is also uncovering things. So I just thought it was interesting in the base of the statue, you know, the underworld is this ephemeris being found. Yeah. yeah. And, and so for those not familiar with ephemeris is it's like, it's a book that you can look to see where the planets are in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. It's specifically for astrologers. <laughs> like nobody yeah. besides an astrologer <laughs> yeah, is going to have an ephemeris. And now they're pretty much all online. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, yeah. that is why I thought the Pluto return was so interesting because they were astrologers. They were Freemasons. They had an understanding of astrology. And I, I do believe, and I have taken a lot of this from Anne Orderly herself, that there was astrological consideration put into when the country was being founded. And yet there were still things they didn't know. And so right. I always think that's just great yeah. for anyone who practices astrology to realize like you can plan all you want, honey, but one day yeah. there will be another planet discovered and there will be <laughs> other influences and you will just be on the ride. Yeah. I mean, it's making me think of, you know, I, I believe, I think you, Brandon, might have Neptune and Capricorn. Um, you know, I do. Or girl. maybe the both of you do. Yeah. And I just think of like as a generational placement, I also, I also have Neptune and Capricorn. And I just think of that generation of people as bringing spirituality into the government, Neptune and Capricorn. And so I, it's still, there's still processes and really our Capricorn energy in our chart. We don't fully know what it is until we're probably at our second Saturn return. So, you know, I feel less working through the beginning parts of the Pluto return conversation as like going into the darkness, but there is hope that comes through this too. And there is light, which is Pluto's soul mission to bring darkness into the light yeah which is very much taurus scorpio yeah like that's the that's the polarity there right like the scorpio darkness and the taurus light spring and fall and the underworld and yeah as well as similarly themed with jupiter's shift into pisces this sense right. of let's try to lean into optimism and allow some of that to grow some vision yeah. So. Yeah. And also Pisces is such an incredible sign of duality. Like it can go to the bottom of the ocean, but also transcend with enlightenment. Like there's a lot of these different aspects and planetary shifts this year that kind of all speak to each other in many different ways. Let's go to Pisces. Yeah. Let's head to let's head to Jupiter and Pisces and talk a little bit about what you're feeling in terms of these next five months or so, and then like the last two months of the year when Jupiter returns to Pisces. So Jupiter entered Pisces December 28th. So, you know, we get these first four and a half months with Jupiter and Pisces. And then Jupiter will retrograde back into Pisces towards the end of the year. I believe it's in October. Mm -hmm. And so we start off with Pisces and we end with Pisces. And you had mentioned the Ace of Cups as our January card, which I thought was a beautiful expression of that Piscean energy. And, you know, Whenever anything enters Pisces, and particularly an outer planet, it brings us to the end of the cycle. You know, Pisces is the final sign of the wheel. So Jupiter's cycle around the sun takes about 12 years. So we're culminating in a 12-year cycle. And so, um, and since it's Jupiter, which is a planet of, you know, wisdom, it's like a crude wisdom. What have you learned over the last 12 years? Think about how much you've traveled over the last 12 years. And so last time Jupiter was in Pisces was 2010. And so we were thinking back to that time period and just 
you know, I feel Jupiter is like this, you know, growing gratitude. And so with Jupiter and Pisces, I just find myself really in awe of how much wisdom in my life I have accrued over the last 12 years and taking this as a moment to really pause and breathe into that and to acknowledge it, you know, particularly as someone who grew up in the South. And at that time I was living in North Carolina, right? When Jupiter was in Pisces last time. And I, you know, I had no idea what the next 12 years would, would bring. And so I just find myself giving extra pause to reflect on what it's all meant to me and, you know, a physical way that, you know, Pisces rules ever like music, poetry. I would say like, it's an important time to have a Pisces expression, even if it's like through fantasy, like watching RuPaul's Drag Race or playing Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, how are you making use of the Piscean energy in a way that is constructive for your soul? You know, as long as it's not harming someone else or yourself, it's okay to have things in your life that allow you to escape this reality that we're in. That's also like part of, you know, being a human too is creating new world through fantasy. And so, you know, for those who might be a little bit more Capricorn or like Virgo or earthy may not give themselves permission to always go into these regions of imagination and fantasy and play, but we need that to inspire us and to uplift us. And, you know, Pisces rules over things like film and movies and photography. So is it time to really allow yourself to, to escape in some sort of way that is also giving you the inspiration to be of service to other people. And so, you know, how, how do you lean into Pisces? I'm curious about both of you, like what you're reflecting on as Jupiter's entering Pisces and expanding the Pisces parts of our chart. And do you resonate with what I'm saying too? Because Pisces is also a sign of such duality too, that there's another side to it too. It's not just sunshine and rainbows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very much that like illusion and escaping into the harder emotions or the emotions that are potentially easier to just kind of get lost in. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely resonating with what you're saying. I think it is really valuable for people to lean into and, and, and find some sort of like Piscean way to navigate the energy of it because it is, um, it can be all consuming and it can be um, also really intense because it, it does heighten that sensitivity, right? And for those of us who maybe aren't used to feeling sensitive or like having that vulnerable nature want to, to be present for you, I think that's where you can maybe fall into let me just grab the the drink or the thing that's going to help numb the experience. So I think it is really valuable to have some sort of you know some sort of helpful, creative, artistic, visual, fantastical tool <laughs> that makes you feel good. That does give you some sense of excitement or pleasure or vision 
you know, for, for where things can go. And like you said too, that, that help inspire us in some ways. And I feel like it's been such a, a dark time for so many people. We have all been experiencing loss in so many different ways um, that it's been hard to find inspiration, you know? And, and I'm, I want to be hopeful that, that people can do that. I, I, I definitely think for myself, like I've always been a big music person, but I'm definitely finding myself really deeply connecting to music. Like even in the sense of, you know, we live in such a like song driven culture, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to like play the song I want to hear right now. And I've actually found myself listening to entire works of like albums from start to finish. Pisces, right? <laughs> yeah. The beginning to the end. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've, I can't tell you how many just in the last really a couple of weeks since the shift happened, how many albums I've listened to from start to finish. Like I can't even count on, I mean, more than 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think also like in a world with like TikTok and Instagram, it's like maybe sit down and watch like a whole movie right right <laughs> just have like 30 i mean pisces does want things to linger so it's like giving yourself that space to do that but yeah i think that's a beautiful invitation is to listen to a whole album yeah yeah because perhaps that then invites you to you know listen to just a whole emotional um you know idea or or memory that's coming up for you and actually allowing yourself to be even more present for it than you may normally be. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pisces is good medicine, especially coming out of Aquarius, like as an Aquarius with a lot of planets in Aquarius, I know that I can be a real pro when it comes to compartmentalizing my emotions. <laughs> and so I think to have Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, even though we have all been feeling a lot collectively, there's been a removal for all of us. And so I think, yeah, for us to find ways to escape into our emotions, to find giant sweeping metaphors like film, like novels, like albums that help us tap into the truth of what's actually happening in our spirit. And I know that there is the, the shadow side of Pisces, which is illusion and delusion, but I also think like this reality is an illusion. Right. And so Pisces can help us remember a larger sense of of who we are and inspire us to move in the real world, in quotation marks, in more magical and fantastical ways. I think about the old days that I was never here for, but like when you would like, all you had was a book, like you didn't have a phone, you didn't have, maybe you had a newspaper, but you like had a book and you would have this like this novel, or maybe it was nonfiction, but like a backdrop to your life that you were processing everything through for as long as it took you to read that book. And so you had this interplay between like, I'm going to the office, or I'm picking up my dry cleaning, or I'm cooking dinner, but I'm also thinking about the last chapter of this book that I'm reading. And I'm exploring the interplay between imagination and my my own reality, but letting the imaginative story of I don't know why I'm thinking of Anna Karenina because that's not really one of my favorites, but that's what's coming through right now. But letting that (laughs) infuse itself and inspire my life in a different way. And I think that's what we need is fantasy 
to inspire new ways of living in reality. Yes, we needed as much as sleep, you know, and we, I mean, Pisces rules over sleep too. So it's also a year making sure you get that rest in. Girl, let me tell you. Uh, but yeah. You were like, I know some of you are ready to like light that match for 2022. And I was like, I am not ready. Like I'm taking all of January. Just like, I am still in hibernation. Thank you. Yes. So sleep, but not too much sleep because it's a slippery slope. You know, it's like it can pull you into isolation and depression. And so if you have a lot of water, lean on the earth mm. that supports. If you're very earthy, lean into the water. And so it is, you know, about, you know, feeling into it and, and you know, making sure that you're not going too far into the depths. And so if there's people around you that, you know, are very Piscean, reach out to them pull them back yeah. to earth, especially if you <laughs> have more earth signs. Um, and for the air and, and um, fire signs too, you know, this is a great time to receive the inspiration so that when Jupiter enters Aries, perhaps we are starting some sort of epic new beginning. Yeah. Um, and I think one way, you know, just in context to the container that you all hold as the spiritual gaze is what does Jupiter and Pisces mean for us as queer people? And, you know, for me, Pisces, I do have Jupiter and Pisces in my chart. Um, so I, I'm learning, I'm relearning what it means to me, but it is, you know, this ability, cause I come from a family that is, you know, very Christian and, you know, I have let them back in more so over the last two years because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've kind of lost my, you know, my usual boundaries that I have mm. set in place. And Pisces is about letting go of things that are no longer supportive for you too. And so sometimes that can be family members and it's with compassion. It's with that Piscean compassion and understanding. And, you know, Pisces is this wide contemplative lens where the emotion is much more collective. And so it's like, you're on your own journey. And so am I, and I give us that space from each other, but I love you. Hmm. I'm sending you love. And so sometimes like that can even be triggering. Cause my mom's like, I'm always praying for you. And I'm like, you know, pray the gay away, but uh -huh. gay the pray away. Someone said to me, yes. and I was like, yes, gay the pray away. Ah. Um, so it's, you know, other people around you, like Jupiter entered Pisces and I received a flood you know, of text from my brother and my mother with Bible scripture. Aye. And so that's a way that I experienced it in my life. And I'm like, oh yeah, I actually really have to let this go. And then we go into Aries and I have quite a bit of Aries in my chart too. And as a queer person, Jupiter entering Aries is, how do you identify? Do you identify as gay? And what does that mean for you? And how do you step into that power? And so I'm feeling you know, Jupiter and Aries are connected with each other. And I feel myself coming into a new version of myself that is stronger and more wise and more powerful, you know? So there's a, a bit of like back and forth between that Jupiter and Pisces into Jupiter and Aries that we might experience, but that's how I've experienced it as a member of the LGBTQ community is Aries is, you know, me coming into my identity that's separate from you know, the karma, the Piscean, you know, cesspool of karma that I inherited from my upbringing too. I, I love hearing that. And I love thinking about just the evolution of the Zodiac and how the signs support and kind of lead into each other 
And just thinking about how we go into Aries, but then back up into Pisces. Mm-hmm. For me, Jupiter moving into Pisces, instantly I was like, oh, my meditation practice needs to become mm-hmm. so much more important. And not like, this is a kind of meditation. This is, I was like, no, just like classic meditation. Just like sit, set a timer, close your eyes, meditate. Not like, let me meditate yes. on this or a breathwork meditation or, a, you know, because I do all that. But I was like, no, boo-boo. Like <laughs> just the pure basics is what you need. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful to thinking about like the Aquarius Pisces, the mind, and then the heart. And so meditation is a mm-hmm. practice that helps us with that. But then also Pisces to Aries, which is like we need the stillness of Pisces in order to take right action in Aries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you were saying, you know, all the different ways that you had meditation, like maybe I'll do breath work or was it tarot? I don't remember. That feels very Aquarian to me. It's like all these tools that we have, but Pisces comes after Aquarius and it's sort of just like, shh. Yeah. It's all the same thing, honey. Just, yeah. just find the core of it. Right. Which even that sound of shh sounds like the ocean, right? So definitely visit the ocean this year while Jupiter's in Pisces. Yeah. 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 But I love what you were saying, the idea of what we experience in Pisces will then on some level allow us to like take maybe more action or find more solid ground in Aries, you know, around identity perhaps, you know, or around even like our spiritual practice perhaps, or our, our meditative or, or practices, you know, that if we can kind of be present and still and shh, quiet to the experience of the Pisces, we can then know what we truly want to say and be in the Aries. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just my Aries rising speaking here, but we've had so many outer planets and the collective signs for so long. I think it's going to be really nice to get to focus on our own personal individual selves for a bit and how we get to like process and integrate everything that's been happening to us and how we get to respond from a personal place. Yeah, it almost feels like we get a chance to like dream a new dream for ourselves in a way too. Yeah, that's that sleep of Pisces is so important in order to wake up in Aries, you know? And so May 10th, I believe, yeah. May 10th is when Jupiter enters Aries, May 11th. So yeah, there's that shift. If we're on the Northern hemisphere, it's like right there in the middle of spring, which is so the timing of that's so interesting. And then we have Jupiter and Aries, you know, until October 28th, but does station retrograde July 28th. Yeah. At the eighth degree of Aries. Right on my sweet little aggressive Mars. (laughs) And my son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a big that. year for both of you with, you know, Jupiter entering Aries because you both have a- those Aries energy. And then with the North Node shifting into Taurus, because Angel, you're a Taurus rising, right? And Brandon, you have yeah. North Node and Taurus. On his rising, it's the same degree. Well, he's 21, I'm 22. It's crazy. Uh, what degree is that? Oh, you just said? Yeah. Oh. He's 21. You're 21 rising, right? Yes. And my North Node is 22. How do you experience that? Uh, <laughs> How much time do you have, girlfriend? How do you experience that? <laughs> no, honestly, I would say that 
the things that Angel presents out into the world, like his stability, um, his need for like comfort, but not in a superficial way, like in a really meaningful, nourishing way. I think, I think marrying somebody who presents the thing that in my chart I'm having to work hard to to gather up has actually allowed an accelerated transformation in my own life that like we now live outside of the city. We live with the view of the mountains. Like we move slower. There is um, a peace that I don't think I would necessarily have come to as quickly if I'd been married to somebody who, you know, was like a Scorpio rising or right. an Aries rising. Right. So like the fact right. that like the way angel moves in the world is showing me how my soul wants to move in the world as like my North node. That's beautiful. I'm going to keep an eye out for couples that have the North Node Ascendant action going on. Honestly, some of our sinistry shit is crazy. But then some but then some of it's also real real challenging too. So it's a mix, it's a mixed <laughs> bag. Um, but you're having your Jupiter mm. return this year. I am, yeah. And you know, for me so much of my expression as a double Aquarius is like, you know, sharing information, but I do have this very playful musical heart. And so something I'm working on this year is, and it's a culmination of really the last 12 years that Jupiter's been in Pisces is releasing a music and poetry album. So that's yes. in the works right now. And I, I'm teamed up with a Pisces rising who is my producer and we're working on a song a month. So I have all the songs that essentially tells my journey from New York to Hawaii and to LA. And so that feels really big and emotional for me to be putting something else out into the world that isn't just, you know, teaching or writing. And um, yeah, it's so personal, very personal, very vulnerable, which I think is also part of a lover's year is the vulnerability of standing naked in front of someone. I think that's also Jupiter and Pisces. There's vulnerability there. And so that combo of the lovers and Jupiter and Pisces does feel like it's a year to be creative and allow yourself to be seen in new ways and to share your heart. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what other people share throughout this year and not on social media. Like Girl, <laughs> yeah, I know. Ah, I'm so fucking sick of yeah. social media. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, That's you'll have to keep us posted on that, please. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Uh, but I think talking about Taurus North Node is a really good little segue into talking about the nodal shift. The nodes yeah. will shift from Gemini Sagittarius into Taurus Scorpio, and I believe is it the 18th of this month? Yes, January 18th. Thank goddess. Honey. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Wow. Gemini Sagittarius. Ooh. Yes, that polarity brought it. And I'm I'm looking forward to this fixed energy. Um, even though it squares Aquarius, you know, mm -hmm. I do feel the resistance to it. Um, but you know, the nodes of fate for those not familiar with that, it represents the eclipse axis. And so we'll be having eclipses during Taurus and Scorpio season, and, you know, eclipses. I've heard, I heard this before somewhere and it really resonated with me. I can't remember where, but eclipses are the times where souls enter and leave uh, this plane of existence. So whatever the North node is in your chart will indicate 
what are the south what eclipse you came in and you kind of were just like waiting around your spirit to like incarnate into a body and so it does represent the north node the direction that we're evolving towards um, that's my that's my relationship to the north node how about you yeah very similar i think i think of the north node in a chart is like yeah what is your soul here to learn and the south node is like what is your soul already really good at so the North Node can be hard because it's not necessarily the place that you have a lot of capacity at first, but it's it's the lesson plan your soul wants to excel in. And then, yeah, collectively, I think like South Node is just like, what are we releasing? What have we had enough of? What do we need to transform and shift away from? And we saw that, I think, with South Node and Sagittarius, like releasing and transforming collective belief, which is yeah. collective truth. Yeah. You know, and then North Node and Gemini was just like so much questioning, so much duality, so mm -hmm. much conversation, maybe too much. And so it's like nice, I think, to move into like Taurus now. Like, what are we going to plant? What are we going to build? And to hopefully, how are we going to reevaluate our relationship with this planet? Like, North Node and Taurus to me feels very connected to Earth based spiritual practice. Yeah. And the way that it is impossible to be spiritually evolved without being deeply rooted to place, yeah. which is this planet. Yeah. And it's been very easy, I think, in Aquarius, and I was an Aquarius, to like taste a lot of enlightenment, but it's disembodied, you yeah. know? And Taurus yeah. is like, okay, but does that like grow anything for you? Or is that right. just a great idea? Right. So yeah. I hope we like, I hope we find some shit that actually grows for us as opposed to just like interesting ideas. Yeah. You know, I was listening to, I was finishing up um, my laundry today and I was listening to your, your ahead tarot spread. And there was a moment where you invited the listeners to slow down and to breathe. And so I smelt my laundry for maybe like the first time ever in my life, like my clean laundry. I was like, why have I never taken the moment to just do this? I was like, oh yeah, you can smell your clean laundry. This is kind of nice. And that oh, felt I like, that. I was like, this is North Node and Taurus, or this is Taurus for, for me, is that, you know, connecting to the senses and, and trusting in your intuitive senses, you know, whether, you know, on a very like basic level, it's just sort of like looking at your wardrobe in a new way and saying, what does it feel like when I put this on? And does that feel like, what I'd like to embody in the world. Um, I have to get rid of all my underwear. That's so South Node Scorpio, North Node oh, Taurus. Wow. See, there can be some really practical like representations of this, I right? feel. Yeah. Because underwear is so Scorpio, right? Like it's taking care of like, you know, Scorpio rules the genitals. It's like it's the hidden underneath, yes. like that's it. It's like we gotta get rid of that shit. And then it, you know, sort of presents this question because what's popping into my mind is that I know there's um there's a queer couple in Portland who makes undergarments and they're like super cute actually, and they're a little pricey, but you know. Taurus is also about investing in yourself and aligning yourself with your values. So if you're like supporting a queer artist who makes, you know, underwear, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. And is made well and lasts, right? Which is like it's Taurus organic. Yeah. So, you know, all the things. So, you know, looking at just the art in my home and how I want to upgrade that and these sort of things that, you know, keep me rooted and grounded here. And knowing that when I do spend money on a membership at a spa, that that is going to come back a thousandfold. And it, you know, so finding ways to be embodied, 
and allowing yourself to slow down, to connect to all the senses, you know, whether that's, you know, connecting to your food in a new way. Um, and it also, Taurus is coming, it's that energy with Jupiter and Pisces too, is listening to music. North Node and Taurus is here for that. You know, it's like, what are you listening to? Oh, maybe that astrology podcast you listen to actually sparks a lot of anxiety for you. Maybe let's <laughs> listen to like, I don't know, like Pima Children instead. You know, I do think of Taurus energy as being, um, is like, I think of Tara Brock as a Taurus. Like there's a sense of enlightenment that we find with Taurus that it kind of can simplify some mm-hmm. of the spiritual practices that we find, you know, the third eye is Taurus's center. It's one of its center, the throat and the third eye. I think of the bull with the third eye eliminated. I think that there's a lot of, especially with Uranus being in Taurus too, is when we can allow ourselves to slow down and be into the body, we receive a lot of you know, insight and cosmic yeah. inspiration. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. So what do you make of Uranus conjunct North Node, which I believe happens in the like spring summer how do you even begin to process that yeah i think in our own personal lives it will likely feel different than what might happen collectively and you know there's so much happening with climate change right now too that it does feel connected to that i'm mm-hmm. also curious about practices like you know like cryptocurrency feels very uranus and taurus and so i'm kind of kind of be looking out for that when the north node lines up and just see if there's you know, a sudden crash or, you know, it's such a volatile market that who knows in Uranus, you know, if it's not in alignment with the greater good of all, I feel like Uranus will come and like shatter it. So I'm also curious about, you know, that new form of currency and if it is in alignment with the evolution of our planet. But I'm I'm hopeful as an Aquarius that Uranus, uh, whatever it is here to, you know, rad- radically change that it will be for humanity. That's, I'm yeah. keeping that vision. I'll keep it with you. And I'm just thinking about it now for the first time that maybe Uranus and the North Node coming together helps to radicalize all of us, even those people that wouldn't necessarily align themselves with a radical vision, mm. like the collective momentum gets a Uranian infusion. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. I, you know, a way to work with that because Uranus is like, it's like electricity and energy and Taurus, it's so embodied that it feels like to me, the psychological processing of the South Node and Scorpio, whatever that is, is finding ways to bring it into your body and release things from your body too. So the trauma, you know, that we've experienced, you know, whether it's an earthquake, which feels very Uranus and Taurus, whether it's, you know, fires, whatever it is how the environment's changing around us, that trauma also lives in our body. And we need to find ways to, to embody that too. And be a quake, you know, like actually working with a somatic therapist, that's like, kick this as I like push down on your feet and allow yourself to like feel the vibration coming up your leg. You know, I, that's something that I know I need to be doing because I can feel that there's a lot of trauma in my body right now. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been as like diligent about these sort of physical practices. And so I also think the North Node and Taurus is like lift weights, go hiking, you know, like you really use your body and have some sort of like fixed earth routine. It's like with my dog, we walk every morning at eight. 
And, you know, I do think Taurus can bring in that sort of structure too. It's both Venusian and it's fixed earth. Yeah. A beautiful routine. A beautiful routine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But also you're talking about earthquakes and fires and I'm thinking Uranian (laughs) trauma too. No, and I'm thinking technology. Like I'm traumatized by technology. Yes. Mm. Like that's where I need somatic therapy. Yeah. Is, is all of the technological things that we engage with that have made our lives easier, again, in quotation marks, that are actually having like, that are costing my nervous system Mm. a lot. And I think that is also like that Saturn and Aquarius, you know, squaring Uranus and Taurus too. And the South Node in Scorpio, it's interesting because I have a Scorpio midheaven and I've just intuitively been like, I'm stepping back from social media and the South Node's just going right over my midheaven. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm rooting, I'm going down. So yeah. of course, North Node is coming right from my IC. So it's mm. a time for me to be at home in in home with the self and so i might have a different interpretation of that than someone who's a leo rising and has a taurus midheaven might mm-hmm. be putting themselves more in the public so again look to see where taurus is in your chart to see how those themes might speak to you yeah and it just feels like in general like finding whatever it is you've been investing in that perhaps is rooted in like just a fear-based mentality or some sort of like, you know, psychological trauma that you haven't fully been wanting to pay attention to, i.e. like social media. A lot of social media is underneath it all fear-based, right? <laughs> like Or insecurity-based. Yeah, or some sort of yeah. psychological element. So it's like, have I been investing so much time in this? Have I invested, been investing so much time in some sort of like physical activity that actually is based out of fear like you know that i if i don't do this i won't look a certain way or i won't be a certain you know i won't be presentable or what have you as opposed to like doing the things that actually align with your values that feel good for you right Mm -hmm. now that that allow you to just feel in the presence of yourself yeah and it's it's interesting too because it for me social media didn't start out like that but it sort of over time started to be where it's like, well, if I don't post, then I'm not going to book a reading, but they didn't start out like that. And I think that over time, the last few years actually is, you know, with Facebook taking over Instagram and, you know, then like reels being, you know, that's how you get your algorithm is by posting reels and like all these things that are just like pushing us towards more production that I think then all these outdated ideas and beliefs and fears started presenting themselves at least this is in my own personal relationship to social media and yeah i do there's a new a new embodied trust that taurus is bringing for me um and the south node in scorpio feels like it it is like that release of those psychological patternings and yeah i'm just i'm curious to see what's going to arise, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the Pluto return and um, with a president who's a Scorpio with a Taurus moon. You know, there's a lot awake and alive on this axis right now. Yeah. And I just love hearing the words like investment and value mm-hmm. as 
ways to organize ourselves around Taurus. Like when you talk about like spending money for a spa membership, that's investing right. in yourself, right? And it pays yeah. back in major ways, as opposed to like investing in social media or investing in things that are fleeting and superficial. They don't actually have that like Taurus built to last right. sort of value for yourself. Right. Well, can we just briefly, I'd say, just because you are such a tarot wizard, like, so what are the big invitations of a lover's year for everyone? Yeah. Lovers will have many different interpretations with, with decks. It's one, it's actually one of the cards that has evolved probably the most, I would say, because it now a lot of tarot decks have a person looking at themselves in a mirror. Right. And then other decks will show two people completely in the nude and they're not touching each other and they're just, you know, looking at each other. So I do think it's interesting for the two of you as lovers and partners, there is an emphasis on our own relationships in our life, but also our relationship to ourself. And so, you know, some thoughts we can bring in our questions is how might you open yourself up to the vulnerability of fully being seen by the other? And in what ways are we, willing to more deeply commit to loving and accepting all parts of ourself, all parts of our partner. And also, you know, it extends out to the world around us too. Yeah. It's this year is, it's a sacred time to focus on and call in heart centered relationships too. So if that's something that you're wanting in your life, whether it's with the self, with others, with community, I think the lovers year creates a container for that. Hmm. I resonate with that. For We're going to sure. go stand naked in front of each other and not touch. <laughs> well, there's other tarot decks that show them touching and making love too. So, you know, you right. can try them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with just staring at myself in the mirror. See, well, a Taurus rising would say that, wouldn't they? Yeah. It's just so beautiful. All right. So we did get a few questions in from some folks. Um, so uh, I'll see if there's a couple that we maybe haven't talked about, but it'd be great to just get some thoughts on them. From the gazers. Um, from the gazers, the gazing community. We did have a question about, uh, you know, what flavors will the four Mercury retrogrades have? Yeah. I like this one a lot because they do have a different flavor this year. Uh, they start out in air signs and then they go back into earth. And so like this upcoming one, it's Mercury and Aquarius, and then it travels back to Mercury and Capricorn. And so that pattern is continued throughout the year. And so then it's Mercury and Gemini going back to Mercury and Taurus and then Mercury and Libra going back to Mercury and Virgo. And so there, it it's an interesting rippling that we might feel from the North Node and Gemini going into the North Node and Taurus, where we're taking our thoughts and our ideas and then asking that, well, is it making you money? Is this practical? Are you embodying it? Is it connecting you to the earth? You know, so there is, it does like with the shift into the North Node and Taurus and then the Mercury retrogrades going from air to earth, it does feel like a time for, you know, getting back to work, you know, putting your thoughts into practical form. For me, I'm working on finally compiling you know, all of my tarot stuff into a tarot book, hopefully compiling all my Zodiac Queen stuff into a Zodiac Queen's book. You know, it's like, I've had this stuff in my mind for so long and it's ready to be put down into physical form. That's how I'm making use of it. Um, but yeah, that air into earth is like the biggest thing that I'm thinking of. 
Does that bring up anything for either of you? Thinking the flavor Rocky Road. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Just like the just the way the question was phrased, like what flavor <laughs> yeah, of Mercury retrograde? So I was like, so I was like strawberry, chocolate, and I was like, no, I think because like they're straddling signs, mm-hmm. it's not like a one. It's Rocky Road. You've got the. You've got the marshmallow, you've got the chocolate, you've got, it's like, it's a, it's a combination. Yes. I love that. I also just really want some ice cream right now, which is, I think my Taurus North node. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. Well, then you got me thinking, I was like, well, I guess mine would be rainbow sherbet. Oh yeah. The rainbow sherbet. Well, Cause that's my favorite. So it be, <laughs> but it's my favorite from when I was younger. And so he's been in there, but I never get it anymore, but it would be good to revisit Yes. Something that I've always, that I've always known I love that, you know, mm-hmm. go back to it. But I do really love this, like, you know, everything you presented, um, the idea of, yeah, like taking all of that, like air and putting it into form. It just feels like so resonant with everything else that we've been yeah. talking about. I'm thinking lavender salted caramel. Oh, queen, sign me up. Yeah. Yes. You know, that lavender does... kind of Ugh. like airy quality, bringing it into that nice deep yeah. caramel yeah mm. but then the salt just to like bring it all together that like earthy Mineral. salty yeah. yeah grounded quality mm-hmm. all right so we all we all need to have some ice cream mm-hmm. a mercury uh, retrograde sunday <laughs> cute uh oh here's one we didn't entirely talk um the effect of the neptune jupiter conjunction oh nobody knows particularly if aspected to personal <laughs> planets okay was the question oh well you know i have jupiter and pisces and neptune is just hanging out with my jupiter and pisces mm. like all decade so, <laughs> and, <laughs> so how's that yeah how's it now? been babe it is very you know interestingly enough like i have some things in my life that kind of mirror it but like it it's been raining so much in portland and it's been you know my windshield wipers started like kind of messing up and i kind of was making fun of people like during because i you know i haven't lived in a snowy place with a car like i lived in new york city but i didn't have to have a car and i was kind of like why is everyone like lifting their windshield wipers up when it snows you know like taking it off of the windshield wiper and i learned why um so essentially they can get frozen to your car and mine did. And I tried to turn them on and it burned out the motor and I don't have a car appointment for the next two weeks. This is also Mercury in Aquarius retrograde shadow, pre-shadow time. And the part after they diagnose it, they're like, well, once we order the part and know that's for sure, it might take a month. So I'm kind of without car unless it's not raining, which it's always raining in Portland, but that was along the lines of also like, I need to get my eyes checked out because my vision is blurring. And so I'm bringing in that Neptune and Pisces are both very foggy. And so what aren't you seeing? And if you aren't seeing clearly, how might you give yourself the time to let the humidifier clear the fog or for the parts to come in so that you can actually wipe the windshield clean so that you're not getting in an accident? I mean, or, you know, not knowing, like missing a turn or, you know, so I do think that there is a bit of fogginess with that. And so sometimes it takes time for the fog to clear before we know. And, you know, that image of the six of swords, you know, as the center of the wheel of like 
being on a boat and traveling to another side, the fog might roll in. And so we might have to wait. Or there might be a sense of, you know, we can use the hanged man in the tarot, which is Neptune. Um, and so Jupiter coming and saying, hey, to the hanged man or to Neptune, there is this, you know, quality of, of hanging out, surrender, allowing yourself to see things from a new perspective. I mean, that's just, we could really lose ourselves in this combo, actually. I could keep <laughs> going, but I'll just stop right there. Well, losing yourself is built in. It's baked into this topic. So. Well, and I think that's great, too, because the question was specifically also about, like, what if that is happening around personal planets in your chart? And so I think for those people, especially, what are you not seeing? Yeah. What has been foggy about your own relationship to those planets and their significations? And yeah. and Jupiter and, and Neptune together in Pisces yeah. might be able to help you if you hang out long enough. Yeah. To move through what you've assumed. Yeah. And so if it's Venus, maybe it's re relationship or money focused. Mm -hmm. If it's your son, maybe it's your purpose, you know, so look to the attributes of that planet that Jupiter and Neptune are hanging out with and, uh, you know, know that they're all hanging out with each other this year because Neptune yeah. moves pretty slow. So for our last question, mm -hmm. I love this one. What's the best that can happen? Oh, I love that question. That feels like a very Pisces question. Mm -hmm. What's the best that can happen? I mean, really incredible ice cream flavors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like this, the small stuff. And I, it's, you know, my mentor said to me recently, it was about finding your island of sanity in the midst of uncertainty. And that feels like that feels like a theme to me this year for sure. And so, whatever your island of sanity is, um, th that's the best that can happen. I think is like the things that you love and that keep you anchored and connected to your joy. And yeah, so even if it's like rediscovering, you know, something from your past, like a board game that you used to love, you know, there, you know, that I don't know if that's the best answer but that's just what intuitively came to me you know ice cream no i love that i do agree with you that the best that can happen are the small personal things that you plant yourself in better soil that you create intentional community with your neighborhood or with your global neighbors it's about a a smaller scale best that can happen because the larger scale is going to take time mm -hmm. going to take a lot more time and we have to survive it. Yeah. We have to thrive through it. Yeah. And so the best that can happen is that you figure out much more nourishing ways to take care of yourself and that you call in dreams that remind you why it's worth waking up in the morning yeah. and putting on your pants and meditating. Mm -hmm. Putting on your new underwear. Putting on my new queer-owned underwear. You'll have to send me that it's information. It's organic. Honey, it has to be. Yes. Um, yeah. And, the, and trusting that that also, cause it's such an Aquarian time and still with Saturn and Aquarius that there is that draw towards humanity and the collective, but trusting that if you, you know, you put on your own new underwear and eat your own favorite flavor of ice cream, that the rippling effect that that creates 
is exponential. I think that North Node in Taurus is reminding us of that, you know, coming into the self and how that is how we take care of each other and humanity. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Because that's something I've actually really been thinking about. Um, just the whole idea of like spiritual, just any sort of like spiritual path or, you know, personal growth path, how I think society gives the whole idea or the whole world of like spirituality kind of a bad rep because it's like, you know, it's so like narcissistic or so caught up in itself, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go away and become a better version of me and live a better version of me and and I actually think like that is really how we better the world collectively is if we, you know, it is those people who actually have have kind of traveled through the darkness of themselves, you know, or are willing to like face the deepest aspects of themselves that then come through into society, into community to actually help really shift change and, and kind of can feel the power yeah. of that. And by being brave in your own life, you can then be brave mm -hmm. out in the world yeah. and helping others too. Yeah. And sometimes I even like hear the voices of, of those people and even sometimes my own inner critic of, you know, well, is spirituality actually doing anything to like help the world? And, you know, sometimes the things that we're most resistant to are the deepest medicine. And like, there's like, mm -hmm. you know, something that might crack open maybe your heart if you allow yourself to you know feel and to lean into spiritual practices and i do you know yeah i do appreciate that you sh you reflected that and i think that that's something that we're probably all grappling with in the spiritual community yeah takes me back to what you said at the beginning about judgment and judgment as a card that signifies initiation so it's like the best that happens is that you accept the initiation yeah, and I'd say the best that can happen is that you, you know, find a way to actually like recognize and name something that's been anchoring you in some dark place of your past in a way that you can release it or at least begin the process of releasing it so that it doesn't overwhelm you or rule your choices anymore so that you can actually really act, find some enjoyment and pleasure yeah. in living your life this year. Yeah. That's the spiritual gaze 2022 resolution, yeah. which is more queer joy. Yes. More queer joy, period. Yes. That's it. That's the best that can happen. More queer joy. And, and you win an Academy Award. Bringing the lovers into it too is reflecting it back to other people. And so I would just like to reflect back to you the way that the both of you have been anchors for the community over the last year and years that you've been hosting this podcast. And so it's really allowing yourself to see the ways in which you have been of service to others. And um, it's so interesting because here in Portland, I've met two different people um, that both were like, hey, do you listen to the Spiritual Gaze podcast? And I was like, well, <laughs> just so you know, I've been in the spirit room. You know, like people yeah. like people are listening and you never really know when you are hosting a podcast. Um, and one of those people is a mentor of mine who is in his 60s. And then the other one is someone who's in their 20s. And so, you know, intergenerational listeners. That's so amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Because we assume it's just the share altar and noche that listen to these <laughs> things we do here. 
<laughs> Jeff, we just want to officially thank you. And we're so grateful for you taking us on this little tour of 2022. And we hope that the best that can happen for you does. Thank you. Right back at you. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Um, just, you know, All right, yeah, case, that's... there's a gazer out there who doesn't oh. know where's the best place oh, yeah. to, to connect with you, to work with you. Yeah. You know, I've been talking shit about social media a lot, but you can follow me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but cosmiccousins.com is my website and it has all the links that you need there for emailing and that sort of thing. And um, and maybe I'll get to to meet you at the Spiritual Gaze Retreat. Maybe I'll be coming. And Oh my goddess, we would love that. All right, well, once again, a great big thank you to Jeff for joining us. Like, such an amazing conversation. We're so grateful to you, Jeff. I know, for sharing your wisdom and your time. And we're probably going to have you back again this year because, as you said, we have to do everything twice. Yes, more queer joy. More queer joy. Uh, Now, let's round out our episode with a tarot card to help us in these first couple weeks of a new year, according to the government. First tarot card of the year. What's it going to be? Take a moment, drop in, connect to your breath, connect to your heart, connect to the sound of the cards as they're being shuffled. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. Just asking for one card to help us get started with whatever needs to get started right now. It is the Six of Swords reversed. No. I am not even fucking kidding you. What? That is some crazy tarot magic I swear shit. to God, I watched him do it. You it guys. It was not fixed. You guys. Oh, it's so real. Well, in case people don't know why we're freaking are alive. out. Because they maybe didn't listen to our last episode. So our last episode was a bonus episode. We did a year ahead spread for our community, of which you are a part because you're listening to this show. And that's one card for each month of the year. And a 13th card at the center of the wheel. And that 13th card at the center of the wheel was the Six of Swords, reversed. And it's also a card that we were talking about in that whole conversation with Jeff, talking <laughs> yeah. about this river and it's taking us somewhere. And you've got the boatman and the hooded figure and the naked child, which is significant of the judgment card where you have those three figures. And it's really about mental expansion, swords being all about the mind, sixes being an expansive number. And so it's a new way of thinking about things. But the reversal says that it's surprising or that it's just moving slow. And so just allow your mind to expand slowly. And so just allow your mind to expand slowly. You don't need to blow it open. You don't need to grab a hammer and crack your skull open. Just let yourself slowly expand. Start to ask new questions. Start to pay attention to new things. You are changed. You are different. The transformation is already rooting into you. And so just allow that to inform how you start to question, how you start to answer, how you start to observe. And I remember from the year ahead spread, I think I said something to the extent of we want to remember that if we're in a six of swords year, we are in transition. We are not where we were. We are not yet where we're going. And so don't be quick to lock it down. Get rid of the old thoughts and the old stories, but don't be so quick to replace them immediately because then you'll just end up somewhere else down the road having to empty that baggage as well. 
Let yourself be in the question. Let yourself be in the river and be excited and curious and nervous too about where it's all leading. But you don't have to replace things immediately. Wait to be gifted the right thought, gifted the right question, gifted the right answer. You are a gift to us. We hope we are a gift to you. We have big dreams for this podcast and this community for this year to come. A retreat, classes, celebrations, conversations. And we're just so grateful that you open up your ears, your heart, your third eye, your chakras to us. Just echoing Brandon. Yeah, we're so grateful for you for being present for us to open up your hearts, your minds, your spirits up to everything that we are here offering you and this conversation. Thank you for always uh, contributing to the community too um, in a variety of ways, whether you join us for our breathworks or our astral clubs or any of our courses. Um, we do have um, Breathwork and Astral Club coming up. Um, for this month. So consider joining us. Yeah, you can um, find out all the information on those at thespiritualgaze.com in the webinars area. Yeah. Or consider a reading or a healing with either one of us or even both of us at the same time. Yeah, we have all those offerings. All the information for that is up at our website as well. And the spirit shop is open for business. Yes, thank you for those of you who have... Uh, supported us through the spirit shop supporting your queer merch yes we still need some photos but we've seen some reviews on the on the on the shop which is so lovely there so thank you yeah so thank you oh for gosh, those of you who've left reviews and are loving uh the stuff that you got yeah and like i think you can like favorite the shop or follow the shop which is great because there's gonna be some new cool stuff dropping in the next month or so yes some crystals some jewelry oh, some yeah, we're sacred going, objects we're going all out honeys um don't want to miss that <laughs> <laughs> North Node and Taurus. Yes. She's a businesswoman. Well, no, she's about offering gifts from the earth. That's true. We'll talk more about this later, but my mom made some gorgeous jewelry. It's gemstones and precious gemstones. We're selling it on the shop. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> and she's a Taurus. Honey, that's so true. Um, you can uh, keep track of everything we're doing easily, most easily through our social media, primarily uh, the Spiritual Gaze on Instagram, Spiritual Gaze on Twitter, the Spiritual Gaze on Facebook. Um, and you sign up for our newsletter at our website. www.thespiritualgazewithaz.com. <laughs> Those are all the things we got through it. Um, excited for all of the uh, conversations we have coming up for you. We're planning some fun ones. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Until next time, this has been your transit through the, the Spiritual Gaze.